0: Welcome to the What Do You Do With Your 24 podcast from 24 Tire. I am Ty Rickstrue and my guest today is Devin McGovern. Devin moved to California to be in the entertainment industry and has worked in unscripted producing TV for over a decade. Also started working as a social media content creator, working with Fortune 500 companies, creating photo and video content. And in the past year has ventured into blockchain and Web3, building a basketball brand connected to a soon to be released video game. Welcome to the podcast, Devin.
1: Thank you, thank you. I was like, "Wow, do do I do all that?" My goodness, it feels tiring already.
0: <laughs> yeah, you do. You do all that. So, uh, where where should we start? I mean, I like i. I thought I was thinking about whenever we. I was going to get you on of like, kind of starting how we met. Um. So just so, just to like give a little bit of the backstory. Um, my first show that I ever worked on was Bar Rescue. Um, and I came up to Kansas City in 2013. And that's when I met Devin. Um, what what actual title were you then, field producer?
1: Oh, I think when we met, I was story producing. So okay. I was in the field producing, and then I would take it back to post and you know story edit it, and then pass it to an editor. So I was story producing when we met.
0: Okay, so you're story producing, and then I was the you know the green guy getting getting my feet wet, um, and was just a PA. And I remember. Devin was, like, one of the guys that really stuck out to me as, like, being super kind um, and not looking at me like I'm just, like, some PA running around. Like, I feel like you took time to, like, shake my hand and at least talk to me a little bit. And then, obviously, we worked together for, like, a year and a half as my time continued on Bar. But um, that's one of one of my main memories that I have of, like, working in, at least on Bar, was that first couple episodes in Kansas City.
1: Uh, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, I, I try to talk to everybody on set i think everyone is important everyone has value and no matter what your title is you know i I worked my way from story editor you know one of the you know actually pa i started as a pa when i first moved out you know i was production assistant so i i knew what it was like to quote unquote do the grunt work but you know all those people are essential in order to get the uh show the movie whatever it is on air like no one's job is is less than anyone else's, even though it may feel like it, like you're just getting coffee and water and quote unquote grunt work. Without that, you don't have a lot of the, you know, the great content that we have out there. So I think everyone's job is important and everyone has feelings. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I learned that more now with children, but it's true. We all have feelings, we all have emotions and, you know... It, It's a cutthroat business, you know, it's like, this is Hollywood, but that's not true. Like, we're all human. We all want to do a good job, and I think we should be treated like we're there to do a good job.
0: Absolutely. I love that. So what are you doing uh, nowadays?
1: So now, uh, (laughs) it's it's such a loaded question. I have two (laughs) children. So like, when we first met, um, I was, I think, just engaged, maybe not quite yet, pretty close and um, so then I've got married, I have two kids, and that, that completely changes everything. You know, your your priorities, your time, all of that kind of shifts a little bit. And then you, not only your time, then you add in emotional time, because you've got, mm-hmm. you're trying to raise two humans to live in this world, but thrive in this world, you know, not not just to survive, but to, to do well, you know. So we have a, a very... Important job to really train and lead them. So my priorities have kind of shifted and, and mm-hmm. trying to You know move into being able to spend time with them. I'm still in the TV industry still do producing reality TV Create, you know developing shows right now to try and sell okay The industry is in a little bit of a weird, you know, it's kind of gone through this weird shift uh, we've got a potential writer strike coming up which mm. You know that may or may not affect us, but we also see a big shift in how ad dollars are going away from TV. And mm-hmm. the next generation <laughs> of people are are viewing things on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. So the eyeballs are shifting. So I'm seeing some of that shift. So I have gotten involved a little bit into web three blockchain technology. Okay. Some of the uh decentralized way of doing things you know the Hollywood way is top down you know there's people in charge this is the way we do it we've got the money and not only do they have the money they have the creative control they've got the power mm-hmm. which is good but you got a lot of cooks in the kitchen without in my opinion the creative chops to make things good they just look at it from a a, a dollar standpoint which is yeah. totally understandable I get that you can't just be like blowing money but I do think mm-hmm. that there are too many people giving input into shows and i think there's just a lot of content out there that's not great
0: yeah. um it's like they versus like that one formula that works and like let's just stick to this formula because we know this is what's going to sell
1: yeah it's that formula and then that's quote unquote the easier way to budget it and to allocate your dollars if you know exactly how things are going to go week by week when you throw cur- creative curveballs in there mm. it could cost money you don't know what the outcome is and they aren't willing to take that risk. Uh, So some of this stuff that I've been working on with Web3 blockchain technology is kind of giving the people the opportunity to be creators Mm -hmm. and then building audiences with people. And that's essentially what you need. Like TV doesn't exist without an audience. So if you're building up audience and the audience is part of the creative process, then you have a potential to have something do well if everyone's involved. Mhm. Again, that is a so far there haven't been too many success stories because then you get a lot of cooks in the kitchen, a lot of people with opinions. Yeah. And in the the web3 NFT world, you've got people that have in, invested money, so they've got like an invested. So you kind of see how it shifts back to why the Hollywood model was like, "Oh, well when you've got money involved, then you sometimes make different decisions. So we're seeing a little Mm -hmm. bit of that with Web3 and NFTs because people are like, well, I've got money involved, so I think I should have a voice and it should look like
0: this. Mm -hmm.
1: And then you see why it's like, all right, let's just do top-down. A couple people in charge will tell you everyone else what to do and this is what we do. Yeah, Um, Interesting. So, yeah, it's kind of what I've been doing now. And then... I've also been involved in social media and Instagram, and I think you and I have worked together in the past on stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I started off with a, a men's fashion blog, and it's evolved into lifestyle with my wife and my family and creating content. We we're all on social media, and uh, I buy a lot of stuff because I'm on social media. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's a cool... <laughs> you know, especially with kids, I don't I don't go to the mall as much, but I'm like, oh, it's a cool shirt or... That's a cool baby item that they're playing with. I wonder yeah. if you know our kid needs that. So we've been creating a lot of uh family content on Instagram mostly mm-hmm.
0: and TikTok. I've been seeing that what yeah. uh what made you want to start like in social media because I remember I feel like I found you on Instagram and then you didn't have that many followers, and then all of a sudden it just like exploded. So like I kind of want to talk a little bit about what made you want to do that? And then also, like, where'd you find the most success in growing your brand?
1: To be honest, I was still in TV, like we've talked about, and it was already started seeing this shift, Mm -hmm. seven or eight years ago of ad dollars going away from the traditional commercials for TV model and going towards, you know, these social media platforms like Instagram, and following started following people casually of like wow they're actually posting stuff I'm interested in it's not just like I had a salad today and
0: mm-hmm. you know <laughs> it was more like
1: curated like a, a production like mm-hmm. you know i mean, TV they were telling a story and they were producing content and I actually read an article in LA Times about a menswear fashion blogger and that he was making money and I was like hmm interesting yeah <laughs> you know that, that dollar speaks and I was like mm-hmm. well I already love fashion. I've always been into fashion, and I have. My wife and I were like, "Why don't we start a completely new like blog slash fashion blog on Instagram?" We created a company called Outlined Cloth, and the name behind that is even though they tell us not to judge a book by its cover,
0: mm-hmm.
1: when we meet people, we do it all the time. Yep. And the way we do that is by what we wear. So really the outline of your clothing you is the story that you're trying to communicate to people when you go into the world. Whether you want to or not, you're telling a story with what you wear. So we we're like, well that's that's an interesting way of looking at it. So we created outline cloth. And then what kind of took off was telling stories in our travels. This was before mm-hmm. kids. You know, we would travel different places and kind of outfit us and what we were wearing and kind of tell why we wearing this and for the occasion and you go to yosemite or you go to hawaii and then we were able to link up with fortune 500 brands started contacting us and working with boot brands and shirt brands and hat and starting to build a network around that and that's kind of where we saw some success and this was kind of pre the explosion of TikTok and instagram reels Mm -hmm. everything was pretty much a still photo so that was kind of where we um you know and i have a a camera and you know learned photography over the years so that was kind of what kind of set us off at the very beginning was doing the outline cloth story photos of what we were wearing and where we were going
0: that's awesome i feel like the power of social media and like just being able just to start somewhere and just get rolling is just incredible whenever you're able to leverage it like that um when working with these brands uh did you like sign up for any sort of like websites so they could find you or do you just post really good content and they started reaching out to you
1: initially really good content and then some new companies started popping up pr brands and then specifically social media pr companies that would have a whole bunch of clients that they worked with would start reaching out to us and then what we started doing is we're like huh if there's anyone that we would love to work with what if we create a pitch deck and we actually find okay. out who we could contact pitch them like here's what we could deliver to you here's what we'd like for in an exchange and we mm-hmm. would put pitch decks together and start sending those out and uh, one of them was that it was kind of a long time partnership and then we got to know the marketing team really well it was hamilton watch i had purchased a, i had been a fan of hamilton watch i had purchased a vintage hamilton watch years ago mm-hmm. love the company actually a hamilton watch before that i had bought when i was on a cruise with my parents like 20 years ago one of the uh duty free oh you know, yeah You get off the boat <laughs> and you, they have all the jewelry and watches and i bought a hamilton had it for years then i bought a vintage one and i was like gosh i really love the product started reading about the history of it I was like, why don't we reach out to them and see about working together? And I think we ended up working together with them for about three years. Oh, wow. Uh, We went to the Red Bull Air Race. They had sponsored the Red Bull Air Race in Dallas, Texas. Mm -hmm. And uh, they sent us out there. We had attended the, they did a, a Hollywood event where they gave out an award and we had attended that. And then we also went to an Air Force football game and stood on the sidelines of a, college football games so it ended up being a great partnership
0: wow that's incredible um at the time that all this was happening do you remember how many followers you had or like what your reach was a month on instagram
1: yeah i think when we first started it was kind of like a thousand and then it did this big jump from like a thousand to five and mm-hmm. then it like the five to the ten is when we really started about ten thousand followers really started getting you know these brands and and various companies interested in working with us. And then it kind of slowly just built from 10. And I think we're at about 20 to 24,000 now. So it kind of just, you know, built to that point. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we kind of hit like a little bit of a snag because the, uh, the mom blogger per se, I guess that's the way it, you know, women that do lifestyle and Mm -hmm. fashion and family is a lot greater of a reach than say a dad that talks about family and fashion
0: oh yeah
1: or even just a dad a dad that talks about family and lifestyle it's not as much of an audience draw as like you know a mom and her family and kids so we're trying to build that audience and try and, and
0: okay
1: and create this new you know because it is important i think dad you know being a dad i think dads are are, are so important and i think mm-hmm. we get kind of you know i don't i don't Sometimes we're like we're going to work and we'll do that and let the mom take care of the kids and I don't not everyone's like that. I think that was kind of a generation before us. Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing more dads involved in, in everything from you know changing the diaper to you know shopping to taking them to school and being involved more and that's what I think is an important and I kind of want to create that voice in what we're doing now.
0: Yeah no that's incredible I uh the reason I asked that question on how many followers you had is I just kind of wanted to show people like and just like talk about the fact that like I feel like people think to be successful on social media you have to be reaching millions of people and be part of that like one percent of just massive massive YouTube channels or instagrams and it's like you don't have to be and not saying that obviously I have like a thousand followers on my own personal Instagram but like being at five to ten thousand if you're in that super specific niche that brands want to work with you because you're able just to like hit their exact target demographic pretty, pretty, like perfectly. Um, I think that's awesome that you were able to go to all those places and stuff and do all the things you do with, you know, just creating quality content and just having a really good audience that kind of follows. Do you think that you have a pretty strong community on your Instagram? Um,
1: I think there there was a a, a big, I think, an explosion of men's fashion and, and style. And I think mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, everyone's kind of, moved out about i think our community we're rebuilding like i was saying yeah. i think we're rebuilding a little bit of that community with a little bit more family and lifestyle i like it uh there's it's funny we just went to a baby shower uh this past weekend with some menswear influencers that we have known i guess for like five longer than that maybe like eight or nine years mm-hmm. and it was from instagram and we're like going to their baby shower and we're like wow these <laughs> have actually turned into like friends not like yeah. followers these are friends that we call friends and we just met because we had a love for fashion and and posting it on Instagram I guess you could say so we still have a lot of those and we're trying to you know reach a new demographic with what we're doing with family and lifestyle and
0: yeah that's yeah. incredible i think that's because i think the way that you post on Instagram too it doesn't feel like transactional it feels like you're trying to create that community and create friends and I feel like a lot of people, when they go to social media and they're posting and stuff, it's like, what can you do for me? You know, here's my call to action. Go buy this product because I'm promoting it or something. And I feel like a lot of stuff that I see you do is more like community-based. That's really cool. And talking about like the family vlog, her blog and uh, going into that, I used to work for a YouTube channel. And I'm actually hoping to have them on the podcast as well. So I don't want to tell their full story. But I was like a one-man band editor for this YouTube channel that had like 2 million subscribers. And a lot of what they did was like family vlogs and family stuff. And it was definitely the mom that was like the spearhead of it all in a lot of in a lot of the content. And the dad was, I mean, he was hustling in the background. He was doing a lot of stuff, but he was the one building the sets and doing that kind of more stuff. But he right. he wasn't on camera as much. So that definitely makes sense.
1: But I think and what we're trying to figure out now is there's a We're trying to figure out that balance because I want to be able to communicate what it is to be a parent and father and do that and not, no disrespect to anyone else that's doing out there, uh, quote-unquote, use my children Mm -hmm. to get a following, Yep. you know, and because they are still, you know, we do post them, their faces on there, but I think at the end of the day, there's a point where it's still going to be out there and they're going to be older and this is something that they want to be out there, Mm -hmm. you know. They have, you know, they're young, so they they have consent. They don't really have consent, per se. Mm -hmm. Um, But I want to make sure that it's respected, and I want to communicate that we're, this is about parenting and being a dad and not like, oh, I'm using my kid to grow my following. Yeah, I know people do that. There's no disrespect to that. I totally understand that. Mm -hmm. It's just for us, you know, we want to still let them be kids, you know, and let Mm -hmm. them, you know, be a part of the fun that we're doing, and then if it feels like, they're doing it just because we want them to be on Instagram, then yeah. that, then that's a different story, and that's when we might have to shift and evolve and and, and not have them be a part.
0: Yeah. No, that makes sense. I know a couple of years ago, like 2018 or so, there was those big... Uh, those laws that changed in California for a lot of YouTube kids' blogs and all that stuff, and I think there might have been a lawsuit or two that, that came out of that for, the, for that exact reason. There, there was a lot of people that were making a lot of money, and, you know, those kids probably... It's kind of... I feel like i kind of relate that to like uh childhood actors like some of our favorite childhood actors that like you grow up and you listen to these podcast interviews and stuff with them now um and they're just like yeah i didn't make any money i don't know where all my money like this huge childhood star and then the money's just gone
1: yeah and even (laughs) now like because i before i got into reality tv i was a talent manager Mm -hmm. uh, for a kids agency and they've they've changed a lot of stuff, so that you have to create, parents have to create what they call a Coogan account, mm-hmm. which money goes right into that, that can't be touched by any person until the child turns 18. So they're not mm-hmm. left with this, oh, there's no money, mom and dad spends it all. So mm-hmm. a portion of everything that they make has to go into this. So there might be a, uh, a shift in things like a Coogan account with YouTube and social media, you know, I know even SAG-AFTRA is trying to get into—I say—get their hand into. But <laughs> at the end of the day, they're trying to protect people, which I totally understand. Yep. Is they're trying to, you know, have contracts for influencers because it—it's no different than a commercial that you see on TV nowadays. Mm-hmm. They're pushing a product that has a conversion. They're, you know, they're making money because people are seeing it. So they're, you know, SAG-AFTRA is like, well, if you're talent, then there should be a way to protect you.
0: Mm hmm. No, that makes sense. Um, So you talked about it a little bit when we first started, um, but I kind of want to talk a little bit more about Web3 and AI and blockchain because I was kind of excited. To ha- I, w- I was excited to talk to you about, you know, the social stuff, um, but I know nothing about Web3 or blockchain or anything. So I just have like a thousand questions. So um, tell me a little bit more about, you know, this Web3 stuff that you're doing. And maybe tell me yeah, what so, Web three is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like a. It's not Web two. It's Web three. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the the kind of the idea behind it is that, you know a, a decentralized platform, which is not controlled by you know it's kind of what crypto kind of took off with. It's not controlled mm-hmm. by the government. It's not controlled by a bank. You know the, the the people that speak, the people are speaking, so that's what drives up price. That's what drives up. Um, you know, I guess that's you know you're looking at, we're looking at right now with stuff with inflation and it it feels like, Oh, we're driving up the price because there's a big demand for it. But we know there's a lot of factors that are out of our control that are driving price, big, Mm -hmm. big companies that are still making their cut, driving up price because they say the demand's there. But you know, in web three, the idea is if the demand is there from the people, then the price is, you know, of, and it kind of started off the big, was um, Board Ape Yacht Club, which is basically, mm-hmm. you know, uh, digital art on the blockchain. And the idea behind it, that is that, you know, my father-in-law is a, a watercolor artist. He's really talented. Somebody could, in theory, take what he's done and, and make a copy of that and sell it as an original,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and no one would know. And I know there's a, you know there's a lot of issues with art like that. So the you know I think the idea behind it is like, this is a one of one because it's backed on a blockchain with zeros and ones. This is the original, and this is a new form of art. It's kind of how it started. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though people are like oh you can right click save and it's on your computer like sure you can put it on your <laughs> phone and your desktop but you don't actually own that. Yeah, it's owned by a certain person with a specific, they call it a a wallet and mm-hmm. a wallet is a specific blockchain address to an individual that's registered, and you hold the actual ownership of that piece. So that's kind of where you know the explosion of Bored Ape Yacht Club and you had celebrities coming up, and it was a a profile pic on social media. It was kind of a, mm-hmm. a hype thing. And a lot of other artists got involved in the space and started creating other art, and I had gotten involved with Rumble Kong League, which was... They had decided to create a similar thing with a, a profile pic of a of a gorilla playing basketball, and then turn it into a three on three basketball video game. Okay. Web three edition, where instead of me buying "quote unquote" NBA Jam and playing the game, I'm mm-hmm. spending my money. I could own a character in the game, play the game. And I'm actually, I have a little piece of ownership as I'm playing the game because I own this character that I'm playing with. Mm -hmm. The long-term goal of what they're trying to do is that you could, so you can't play the game unless you own one of these players. Yeah. And you could potentially rent that Gorilla Kong out to somebody so that they could play the game.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, We started a, a basketball club called Surf City Kongs. And when the game comes out, the idea behind that is that we would be able to run it like a similar NBA basketball club. They'll create divisions that you can play in, kind of like you know, a Fortnite tournament or an NBA mm-hmm. 2K tournament. And we own this team. and if we you know go up the ranks and there's a big prize pool at the end because the idea would be you know, a Nike or an Adidas or somebody would sponsor it, yeah. give out a cash prize. And then we would be the ones that are invested and taking the profits versus just the creators of NBA two K. I know there's NBA two K players that are making money and they're doing it, but kind of giving some of that money back to the people that are that are playing it and then advertising mm-hmm. it instead of just the Microsoft's or the Sonys or the Nintendos of the yeah.
0: world. Yeah, that, that's wow, that's awesome. <laughs> So is this something that... And then
1: the idea behind it is that, you know, with it is they've released um, IP, intellectual property rights, Mm -hmm. to people that own it to then be able to create what you want with this character. Because if you think about it, we've got, I don't know, anywhere that you go, uh, especially like in small towns, mom and pops, they've got a mascot or a logo or something. Mm -hmm. Well, with this you've got a built-in audience so instead of just like I don't know mama's chicken house and then they come up you know they hire mm-hmm. a graphic artist to come up with the you know a chicken and then this is it they could be like hey why don't I if I own it or I could team up with a bored ape that has millions of followers and say hey let me license out your ape for this new chicken shop that I'm opening mm-hmm. we're gonna use your logo and then it'll drive traffic to your new chicken shop. So the idea behind it is that you have this built-in audience, which is what we all need, by, you know, selling, you know, licensing your IP to people, and then you're owning an IP, kind of like a Mickey Mouse, a Donald Duck, you know, which obviously okay. Disney just owns that IP. Yeah. So it's kind of shifting this. The Web three is it's kind of shifting some of this power a bit. I think it's still trying to, you know, figure out its footing. There's a lot of like you said, you know nothing about it. There's a lot of education on it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which, uh, and it's a lot, it's hard to onboard because it takes a little bit of like, you got to download, you know, a, a wallet, you've got to get a wallet address. And mm-hmm. then, you know, some of these security issues, which you need, is a learning process that still needs to happen.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure as it evolves, it'll get more user friendly and easier. I mean, it's kind of like the whole like, The first computer was like the size of an entire room and now they're, you know, small and on our phone. So I'm sure as it evolves, it'll happen.
1: We've seen like with YouTube and, you know, at the very beginning when you were editing videos and you're like, what are my export settings? Mm -hmm. Now, (laughs) literally every editing app just has a YouTube export and you don't even have to worry about what your settings are. Mm -hmm. So I was, you know, doing videos a long time ago and I was like, i'm at 1080p am i at you know what am i what is this you know you have to figure Mm -hmm. it out and then you
0: export it and you're like that doesn't look
1: right (laughs) Mm -hmm. exactly yep (laughs) and now there's there's literally built into most apps a button so i think it, it will evolve for sure
0: yeah absolutely and i feel like it's very what you said i've never even heard of um i that's super cool i can definitely see like that's what i tell people all the time is like you need to build an audience and if you build an audience you can kind of sell them whatever you want and so that's taking that whole idea and almost putting it to a whole new level you know it's kind of like you know me doing my marketing and then 24 tire it's like you know i kind of have my sphere that are following kind of what i'm doing and they just see all of this stuff um so i can definitely see the value in that i've also heard and i don't know if you can speak to this at all but people creating games that because like the whole idea with like. Um, NFTs and crypto and that is like you need computer power or you need people to mine it for you and then like that's kind of like the issue is people are like I don't obviously I'm very novice in speaking of this but this is just like what I've heard um, but then if you create this game and when people play the game they're actually mining as they're playing by whatever's happening in the background have you heard anything about stuff like that?
1: Uh, yeah, I've heard some of that stuff. I don't know the the ins and outs of that because okay. yeah, I know the. Like, the mining of crypto, the mining of Bitcoin does take a lot of, you know, computer power to do. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I'm sure that they're creating games in order to mine it to, you know, then reward people. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah.
0: Yeah, that was very interesting because I was talking to someone and they're like, yeah, if you go play it and if you get in early, then as you're playing, you're basically going to be mining your own crypto just playing the game. And so, like, obviously, it's kind of like me playing Call of Duty. So, if I play Call of Duty all day for eight hours... I don't get anything other than enjoyment out of it. But if you could play this game for eight hours, by the end of it, you know, you might be able to get some crypto or something that you have. Um, right. As right. A, like a portion of it. And I was like, that, I can see, that's also, I can see where the value is in that. What do you think right. uh, the hardest challenges when it comes into this new AI and blockchain? Like, I know education is a lot of it, but you think it's just people naturally not wanting to adapt as quickly?
1: Um, I think there's a couple things. One of them is, oh, and I should preface, or or maybe when you post it, that not financial advice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta make sure I, I preface that that anything I say is not financial advice. it's is mm-hmm. just my experiences. Um, I think we saw a big like push, and then the scam. Everyone doesn't like a scam, and mm-hmm. I think there's been a handful of scams that have happened that scare people away. Yeah. Um, and I think that's natural with any new technology that there's going to be scams. So I think it's a, it's a fear. You know, people are afraid to be scammed. Um, they're afraid to try something new. Then also, you know, we're in a situation where people like the hype, but then there's people that are like, if there's too much hype, I don't want anything to do with it because yeah. there's something behind that, you know? So I think it's it's a fear based and I think then if you move into AI with what we're seeing there's a fear based in like is it going to take my job?
0: Mm-hmm. Is
1: it going to invade my life, you know? You know, we've got an an Alexa and I know people are like, "Oh, Alexa listens to us. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that." <laughs> you know, and listen, listen yeah. I, I've definitely in my, my house talked about a product and then i've opened up facebook and i've been advertised that product so i'm sure it's listening Mm -hmm. (laughs) um i I think there's a fear based you know and we're seeing with this i think it's also the speed of it like it it can't be good if people are selling a a digital print of of a monkey for a million dollars there's got to be something wrong or if ai is taking over jobs It's got to be something wrong if it's happening so fast I mean Mm -hmm. because a lot of us are still in a mindset of you go to school you go to college and and that's that's a long time we're talking like college is a four-year process to learn something to potentially get a job and now you're learning you know I just was chatting with a buddy you could make a potential video game with chat GPT Mm -hmm. it'll give you the code and you could make a game in like a week Yep. So I think that scares people of like, whoa, 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 I went to school to make video games for, for four years. Mm-hmm. There's something behind this, like what's happening? And the same thing, you know, I guess I don't I don't want to speak and say I know all the ins and outs of the TikTok thing, but I think mm-hmm. that there's a fear of like, you know, right now I just saw something that Montana won't let you download it. You know, and they're saying that China's trying to steal our information.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Maybe there, but like it, it, I mean, at what point do they already have our information? Yeah, I think it's a fear (laughs) of the content that's on there and the accessibility of of young people being able to create and get access to that content. So it's a lot of fear based with what's going on, Mm -hmm. which I I totally understand with kids. I I definitely understand some of the fear based with stuff. We just need some education to start coming along with the growth, which will come.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think. TikTok is very interesting because obviously being in marketing, it's like you want to go where the eyes are and where people are at. And if people are on TikTok, it's going to be a good place for you to be. But at the same time, like the little bit that I've looked into it with the whole China stuff and all that about how like the algorithm shows people in the U.S. like more like ridiculous things. But then like in China, the algorithm is like showing them like stuff to be like create cool products and all that and like just seeing that side of it it's like i don't know maybe just like people in the u.s their algorithm is just showing them what they want to see and it's maybe there's no rhyme or reason to it i don't know i'm not an expert but just getting into the the algorithm of things just being in the youtube and social world it's like it's kind of just showing you whatever you're probably looking at because i think that's it the product just wants you to be happy on it while you're on it right I agree. so um well you're building uh, your basketball brand um with all of this, is there anything else that you're diving into along with crypto and the blockchain and all that?
1: Just trying to be a, a better dad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. The education of being a great parent. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I actually have started looking into some of the AI stuff that is in a lot of it is in beta, but the text prompt, text to video, oh yeah, um, text to animation a couple programs out there and I've just messed around with a few of them that are in beta where you can actually create a whole animated scene with just a text prompt Yep. Um, and I've been messing around with uh, it's called Runway and right now they have in beta video to video so like you have to have an existing video Mm -hmm. you can do a text prompt and then it'll do an animation over the existing video you have so kind of just seeing how that Is evolved and they're working on version two gen two i believe is what they're calling it where you can create an animated scene just from a text prompt so you don't have to have an existing video you just need to have the text idea Mm -hmm. and it'll create so i saw just like their trailer video so seeing some of that that yeah that's awesome it's pretty amazing because you know i'm still in in storytelling i still love Mm -hmm. the entertainment industry and, and finding new ways to tell those stories You know, with the basketball club, we're trying to create a a little surf video game. We also are in the beginning stages of creating a comic book telling the story. You know, we're kind of like the Mighty Ducks of Web 3. So we've created like an initial comic Mm -hmm. book concept teaser for like the origin story of this surfing Kongs that started a basketball club. Um, so I think at the end of the day, we still are telling stories no matter what the medium is and just finding a way to, to tell those stories with the new medium is what I'm, I'm doing yeah. right
0: now. Yeah, those text like prompts to get videos or animations I think are incredible. I signed up for the waitlist for I think Microsoft is coming out, out with one called like Microsoft Designs or something like that. And it's an AI based something something similar. Um, uh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah I, saw someone, that I saw someone post about it and then I like went to the website and just signed up and like be a part of the wait list. So hopefully I get that. I definitely want to check it out. I know like the power of AI is very, very interesting. Um, I'm definitely loving the prompts um, and being able to give AI information. However, I was just, I just watched Adworld the end of March and one of the whole stages, have you, do you know what Adworld is? Yeah. Okay, so like they have like these three stages and like one whole stage is like just about AI this last time. Um, And one of the guys was talking about um, like it was just funny because like it was like two days people talking about AI and all they were talking about is if you do this prompt or if you do this like you're going to get the best results and the very first speaker um who also owns like solutions eight like the huge Google ads agency was talking about how like AI no one's using AI how AI should actually be used and he had, like this completely different theory than what everyone else was talking about and I know I'm going to butcher it but what he basically was talking about is like you just need to tell, like, you need AI, you need to let AI, like, do what it does best and not try to do so much human interference with it. And that he basically was like, he explained it really, really well, but he basically was talking about how, like, kind of give it a little bit of what the information is, but you don't necessarily have to tell it what the outcome should 100% be, and it might do, it'll do better, is basically kind of what he explained and I'm sure I, I completely ruined that, but it was a very interesting theory of like, right now if you go to Chat GPT or whatever, you're going to type in, you know, give me a video, or if you're doing you know text to video, you're going to tell it exactly what you want. And and what he said is like if you give it inf- as much information as possible, and then tell it what you want the outcome to be, then it'll figure out the process to get there. And right now we're That's all cool. fig- we're all doing the process. We're the one trying just to like. Give it a transaction, right? We give it this prompt and it gives us this back. And he said, in turn, if you can make it to where it gets to learn how to do the full picture, the stuff that's going to pump out is going to be way better and what you actually want more of. Right.
1: Yeah, I've I've, uh, messed around with some of those. Like, I've taken the, you know, when you talk to somebody about a movie or you're pitching a, a TV show or movie your kind of go-to is you're like, it's this meets this, you know, because mm-hmm. that's how our brain works. So I've done a little bit of like, hey, do you remember this uh, video game? Do you remember this TV show? And then it talked to me for a bit. Like, yeah. And then it'll tell me what it's about. And I'll say, I'm looking to do something similar. And then I just kind of lead it a bit instead of just like, here's what I want. Kind of mm-hmm. what you're talking about. I, I have it do what we do in life when you're like, I'm trying to pitch you something. You know what the show is? It's this meets this, and mm-hmm. and doing that with Chat GPT has gotten me some pretty cool results, actually. Yeah, know, that sounds like that. it.
0: So, um, you t- you're doing a lot. You're a dad. You're in TV. You're doing some AI blockchain stuff. What do you think? Um, how do you manage? How does how do you manage all that time of everything?
1: It is hard that, that, uh, <laughs> how do I manage it? I, I guess I, I haven't perfected it. Okay. I'm still trying. I'm still trying to figure it out. It's still. It's still a work in progress, you know, because as, as the kids get older, and especially right now, we've got a 10 month old and a three and a half year old, like each step is like a new growth for them. You know, Mm -hmm. so it changes our schedule a little bit, you know, like the baby sleeps through the night. Now the baby's teething and doesn't sleep through the night. So your schedule's changed because then she's up later when you're wanting to try and maybe get some stuff done. The three-year-old is up at 6 a.m. instead of 7, you know, so then you're like, I can't get work done. And so it's kind of right now it's a little bit of piecemealing. When I can, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't recommend that as the best way to do it. Cause we're still trying to figure it out, yeah. but it's, Oh, I've got, you know, like right now I've got an hour right here and then, you know, we've got an you know, appointment for our daughter after this. And it's kind of, uh, it feels a little bit like chasing. I, I mm. do believe that there will be a better system that I'll create eventually. <laughs> um, yep. it, it is a little bit of like, chasing what's the most priority at the time like oh this is due let's do this now Mm -hmm. um so i do i do believe that there's a world where planning a bit more is the success sweet spot if that makes sense
0: no that makes sense uh so what's something that you would urge listeners to do with their 24.
1: i would say slow down okay you know i think I think that's the one thing that I've learned is, is even though it sounds like I've got a lot, you know, I'm not doing all of it all at once.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It'll all be there, um, especially if you have family, if you have kids. I think, you know, we. I think it's just enjoy- enjoying these moments, which can be hard because we're like, what's the next thing? What's next? I got to get this and, and just sitting back and just enjoying the either the view that you have, the job that you have, the relationship that you have instead of trying to figure out what's next um i think that's been the the most important thing with kids is they kind of just force you to be like you want me to color right now okay then <laughs> you know this yeah. other stuff you know I, I'll, I'll color with you mm-hmm. It's the most important and you know and they demand that kind of attention and then it's you know it's going to be gone you know it, it, they'll be older they'll be you know They'll be at school, they'll be gone, you know, and then you miss those moments because you're trying to figure out what to do next. Yeah. So I think slowing down is, is really important.
0: Man, that's some, I love that advice. I've asked a couple people that and it, I think the answers always change um, and are different, but it's just funny that you say that because I feel like that's definitely something that, especially this year, I've been trying to focus on. My word of the year is execution. So like what I'm, I'm each day, what I do every day, I want to have a lot of intention behind and making sure that, like, if I am doing something, that I am doing it right then. And so I feel like what the way you said that is kind of exactly what um, I'm trying to do as well. Like, you know, if I'm working my nine to five, you know, at my office, when I go home from five to nine, you know, it's spending time with my wife and I'm in, intentionally being there with her, spending time with her, whether it's cooking dinner or, or us going to the gym together or whatever it might be. I'm, I'm trying not to be on my phone. I leave my laptop at work now so that. I'm not gonna be forced to try to like you know get some work done or whatever you know. Typically, if she watches one of her shows like The Bachelor or something, then you know I'll hop on and get some stuff like done. Like Bar but, Rescue,
1: when she's watching one yeah, of her shows.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll do I'll do that, but I, I like that a lot, cool. um, and I think that's definitely something that I, some awesome advice for sure is to just live in the moment. I guess. Yeah. So, well, that's awesome. Um, well, just for time reasons, you know, I come. The question that I like to ask people, like we talked about at the very end, is, you know, what what do you do with your twenty what four? What does a typical day look like for you?
1: Oh, my typical day is usually at six a.m. My daughter looks at me and she says, "Dad, it is up time," <laughs> and it's up. We're mm-hmm. awake, uh, whether we want to be or not. It's anywhere between six and six thirty. She says it's up time. Let's go, mm-hmm. which means um, depending on you know how we how we feel if uh, I need to try and get her to read a book for a little bit. If not, we're we're up. We're eating breakfast together. Um, I like to cook eggs or something, but sometimes we resort to cereal if we're tired, but we, yeah, like we eat together. <laughs> and then I I get the, the other little one if she's awake so that my wife can sleep a little bit more because my wife is up with the baby usually mm-hmm. at night. So I'll take the baby, and then we'll sit and eat. And then get ready for the activity of the day, which is either school or the park. And at that point, when everyone's eating, I try and squeeze in some emails or kind of see what what the day is planned and get some emails in. I know that's not necessarily, like I said, living in the moment, but that's you know <laughs> they're sitting eating. We're trying to you know kind of mm-hmm. get some of that out of the way. Then we yeah. get everyone ready and we do school or the park, and then that gives me I have about a few hours to work on the projects that I'm working on. And, you know, that's either writing or or making connections like this or taking phone calls. And then we go on to the next activity with the kid. And then it gives me another, I have another block in the afternoon to work on some either content. Sometimes that's like our social media content where we're either editing photos videos, Mm -hmm. reaching out to brands. And then we're, we're at dinner time, bath time, bedtime and books. And then usually after they go to bed is when I'm able to do a little bit of uh, research. That's kind of when I'm uh, sitting after, you know, either my wife and I will sit and watch something because we need to, you know, just decompress our minds or it's the time to kind of research on what's going on, whether it's the new thing with AI or, you know, NFTs or, or you know, what's going on in the TV world. So it kind of gives yeah. me a chance to just, you know, read and catch up with everything that's going on. And then we... Uh, turn around and my daughter says it's uptime do it all over again
0: <laughs> yeah i love it sounds like an awesome 24
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's a full 24 yeah sure. absolutely
0: well thank you for being on the podcast i'm, I'm hoping to you know in maybe a six months a year down the line get you back on and kind of see where you're at with stuff how things are going and uh i definitely appreciate that your time today
1: absolutely i appreciate it if you ever make it to cali